0: Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this definitely is the place where women can share their stories. So let's get chatting. Hi, I'm back. I was gone and I know I was gone. I was intentionally gone for a month um, and that wasn't because I didn't have brave, honourable, vulnerable women to record. Um, I did and I do. I have so many. But it was me. Um, it was me not being able to be brave and courageous and it was just a lot of self-doubt. Um, I kept hearing in my head, feeding those lies, who do you think you are, what are you doing, why are you doing this, like who's listening to this, Um, what's it for? But I know and I just kept kept coming up with excuses. It was raining, it was holidays, I had six kids stuck inside and I kept saying, oh, no, I can't record now. I'm not going to email them, not doing it now. Uh, excuse I had Olivia was on a boat with school I'm thinking she won't want to record before she goes away um she won't what she can't record while she's away no one's going to want to listen to me by myself just jabbering away uh, another excuse um but I, I knew deep down that this was a desire in my heart not for me um because I I'm actually an introvert as much as you'd like to think I'm an extrovert. I am not. I actually don't um, feed or get my energy from being around people. I mean, I, I can do it. I like being around people, but I much prefer to retreat. Um, so I really was not being vulnerable and authentic, and I had to wrestle with that. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago when I started um, this study I'm doing with Abiding Together, which is Restore the Beauty, as, and it looks at the four doctors of the church. Um, I read this this quote from St Catherine of Siena, and it said, We've had enough of exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a 100,000 tongues. I see that the world is rotten because of silence. Proclaim the truth and do not be silent through fear. And I had this real conviction Um, The same as I did the night I stepped off that Uluru when I went back to our hotel and I just was buzzing with this uh, clearly um, promptings to to write everything down that was in my head and what came out was the intro to this podcast. All the guests, I have a, a guest list as long as my arm to people I don't even really know but I just had to write their name down. Um, And I realised that by me not doing the podcast, I was preventing women from being able to tell their story and every story matters, your story matters, my story matters, your your girlfriend's story matters, Your, your mother's story matters. Um, and we are all worthy of telling our stories and having them heard. Um, we all need to be seen and honoured and in that same way that we need to breathe. Um, and we have to live our lives not as a mystery to people. We need to be open. We need to be authentic, and we need them to know how how we are, feel. They deserve to know that they're not alone in this wilderness of life, um, they, they need to know who you are, they need to know where you're from and they need to know what your mess looks like um, and they need to know that they belong, that we belong to each other. Um, I quickly downloaded um, Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness because it's $4.99 on iBooks, quickly, get it. I well recommend reading it. I downloaded it on the way to Terrigal, read it all the way up there, read it all the way back, um, and she says some amazing things. She's so good. But what she says about true belonging is true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are, but it requires you to be who you are. And I find that this podcast does that and it, and it gives other people the, um, the ability to also be vulnerable and to let down their guard because they've seen it in you. Um, And if someone tells us something that I say or something that somebody on the podcast says that it might touch your life and it might help you feel less alone and it might actually bring light to those cracks that we have in our brokenness that need um, healing, need need to be broken open and this changes us and it changes us for the better and it helps us to become more human Um, and we deserve that so I'm sorry I'm back and I'm back for good Um, so today on the podcast I have a beautiful woman who when I emailed her a few months ago saying if she wanted to come on the podcast, I had specifically in mind a certain topic, not knowing that when I emailed her she was going through this certain topic again. And she um, courageously said to me, look, I would love to talk about it but not now. I'm not ready. And I said to her, when you are ready, just contact me and we will talk. And lo and behold, she was ready. She texted me the day I read that excerpt from St Catherine of Siena that proclaimed the truth and do not be silent through fear. And I thought, wow, here is a woman who is courageous and vulnerable enough to tell her story. So Kate is talking about um, miscarriage and um, and how to mother your own grieving heart, um, it's, it's not easy. And, and miscarriage is one of those devastating things that turns everything you expect about motherhood off, totally on its head um, because you think, why am I grieving? Like I don't, I don't even know this person. And I experienced that. I've, had, I've experienced that twice and both times. It was an absolute devastating blow. And you think just because life comes early, no, sorry, just because death comes early to someone, in this case, our child, it doesn't mean that the grief was any less. um, Because it was, our bodies were. a life they were creating they were growing they were sustaining an actual life and that has a profound effect on you on your makeup on your on your story Um, I mean I saw this in the pregnancy counseling when I did that women would be grieving ringing up wondering why on earth they were grieving like what was this feeling that they had when they were told it was just a lump of cells and um, it didn't mean it. Look, it, it doesn't mean anything. You'll be fine. Move on with your life. And they couldn't because they were knitting in their womb this life. And when it was gone, our bodies react to that. Um, so it, yeah. It's 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 in our makeup, and it affects our life. And uh, Kate, who you're about to hear, um, has had four miscarriages, each with their own profound impact on her and on her story. Um, and it's amazing that one in four women experience miscarriage um, among the. These women that know that they're pregnant, it's estimated that one in six because a lot of them happen in the first trimester when they don't know. So, um, yeah, majority of them happen in the first trimester, which was true in Kate's case, and uh, one of mine did and one of mine did later. Um, But the the grief is real and should be recognised. So without further ado, here is Kate's story. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Kate. Thanks, Jess. Um, could you just introduce yourself for our listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Kate Kenzie. I'm a mother of five, and um, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you about our journey, our uh, somewhat difficult journey of, of miscarriages. Um I think the place for me to start really is to give a little bit of background. In that, um, when I was 28, I started to have issues with my pelvis and back, and my pelvis was very unstable. I had lots of treatment for that. Um, met a wonderful man, Dan, and we got married, and um, but still had this this issue with my pelvis. Was was there anything that brought that on or it just was a degenerative thing? Uh, Look, there's lots of theories about why I was a radiographer. I used to lift heavy patients and um, so there's lots of kind of theories about what contributed to it. Um, So, yeah, so what what it meant is lots of kind of chronic pain and limitations really. So um, and uh, that didn't change when we got married. That was still there. Uh, So we waited for about two and a half years before we we tried simply because my pelvis was, you know, not in a great place. Um, We weren't even sure to be able to have children actually. Um, But anyway, so we were able to conceive and we had a little boy, Timothy, and um, he's now nine and he's full of energy and life. Um, But during the pregnancy, my pelvis and back were actually were a lot better, funnily enough um or the relaxins, i think in the hormones yeah, that's right uh, but uh, as soon as i had timothy about a few weeks uh, maybe two um my pelvis just really collapsed and so, so was labor particularly difficult or? i had to have a caesar because of my pelvis right. um but it was just so bad i couldn't he was a very small baby he was 2.6 kilos was full um, uh well yes by my dates not quite but yes yeah. to their dates yes um so he was pretty small and I couldn't even lift him. That's how bad oh, wow. things were. So it was very difficult and to the point where I was never able to lift him. So we had to kind of manage um, things differently. So uh, as he got older, you know, for hugs, he'd have to climb up on the table. and So were you and, bedridden um,
0: after you had him?
1: No, not really bedridden. Um, but I couldn't lift him, mm-hmm. so I relied on people to, to lift him up for me, put him in my lap.
0: Yeah, out oh, of the I cot, think, all that lifting yeah, is a lot. Yeah, that's
1: right. I know it's very physical. <laughs> you forget how physical it is having a baby yeah. and what you need to do for them. Um, so so we had to do things differently and we managed. Uh, but I, I guess what happened is that he was getting bigger and I couldn't and my physio team couldn't kind of get me strong. Uh, at the rate in which he was getting bigger and more active, so anyway, um, I got to a place, probably maybe when uh, he was three, we always wanted another child, but look, it was just kind of survival mode, really, every day mm-hmm. um, in terms of the physical pain and and so being pain on tears, a scale uh, of
0: one to ten, what are we talking?
1: Uh, oh, look, just constant cute. niggles or just debilitating? Uh, no, I wouldn't say debilitating because I was able to be up and active, mm. but, you know, it, it could go up to, say, a seven. Mm. I have a pretty high oh. pain tolerance, yeah. but it was more the limitations, I think, and it's kind of had to be careful how to do this, and mm. so there was that was constantly in my mind. Um, did things um, put you out, like, for days on end, like
0: one movement? or? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so I guess it was a combination. Then yeah. you do something little and yeah. then it's like, oh, man, I'm really flared up, and, yeah. um, again, it was just kind of, relying on people to to help out. Mm. Um, And so, look, we got to, and I was absolutely loving motherhood, loved it. Um, So we, we, but we did get to this painful um, but peaceful place, really, Mm. of of saying, okay, look, you know, my health is more important and there was a real fear that you know, how would I manage two children, mm. let alone, um, you know, just kind of <laughs> uh, surviving right now mm. and still doing physio and whatever I need to, to do. So we got to this this place of going, you know what, that's fine. We'll, we'll just have the one child and, you know, we'll, we'll love him and and grow strong. And, um, but it's funny how God works because um, I think, it was when Tim was about three, a lady prayed over me. And as I said, we're at this place of, you know, we're not going to have any more children. And she randomly prayed for fertility. I thought oh, Did you didn't, ask. didn't mention anything about children. And uh, so she said um, she prayed for fertility. And later I said to Tim, oh, gosh, she prayed for fertility. What do you think that means? And I'm like, you know, not think too much about that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, not long after, um, this is the first time this has ever happened. Dan was saying goodnight to Timothy and Tim said, how come I don't have a brother or sister?
0: Hmm. How old was he?
1: I think he was about three and a half.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, thankfully Dan had this question. Yeah, did
0: that break your heart? Break your well,
1: heart? <laughs> I think it did at the time, hmm. uh, but in his wisdom he said, um, if you want a brother or sister, you have to talk to God about it. And Timothy looked at him and said, Jesus in your life will help you get a child.
0: Hmm.
1: And like Dan walked out of there just like, whoa, like that's clearly not Timothy speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of just opened the door a little bit for us, like, well, you know, what is God trying to say here? And so the journey goes on. Um, he does speak through children. I know, in I know, a big absolutely. Way. Uh, and so we went, so I, I was preparing a talk and I was reading the reading of, um, the when with the angel Gabriel, appears mm. to Mary. And I read the line, um, you will conceive. And like those words just like jumped out at me as if, you know. Listen. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, whoa, like I kind of can't kind of ignore that. And later that afternoon, um, I really felt the Lord, I was going, okay, Lord, if this is you, then when do we stop kind of doing natural family planning? Mm. And um, and I really heard now like now's the time mm-hmm. and I'm like right okay better talk to Dan about that <laughs> I'm gonna <consult> yeah <laughs> and um I think it was the next cycle I ovulated um five days earlier than what I'd ever done in seven years yeah. and we felt pregnant and to the point where I actually felt um we called this little one Gabriel I felt Gabriel implant I had I it's a funny time to have pain. And mm. I looked it up. Yeah, you can get ovulatory, mm. uh, sorry, implantation pain. pain. Wow, this is amazing. And we were just like, over the moon, God has really, yeah,
0: so this is God, me.
1: like God has given us this child. Like, you know, I got to a point I was going, God, I don't want to do this for me. I don't want to do this just to give Timothy
0: a another sibling. sibling. Mm.
1: I'll do it for you if you want this. And then it happens. I'm like, wow, like you just kind of couldn't get my head around it, really. We were just really overwhelmed with God's blessing. And then a short time later I started to bleed and bleed very long heavy. Long it wasn't too long after a week, I think. Mm. And and I think I was in shock. Um, I knew that this wasn't normal for a pregnancy yeah. and I started to um, – had a lot of pain and I was just absolutely devastated but I was just, I was really confused and I, few days after I started bleeding I was in a toilet and all of this just blood clots just came out all over the toilet floor and I remember just looking at this Glad, cl- no I wasn't I was by myself and I remember looking at this just going is this my baby mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do so I I I, I ended up putting it in the toilet and I just come out of there just so destroyed um, yeah it was just mm-hmm. like what 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 is happening mm-hmm. and how is this happening and was this my baby and how can I make sense of this? Mm. And then, you know, just the grief then of, I wanna be with my baby. Mm. I didn't feel suicidal, Mm. but I wanted to be with my baby. And why has God promised this and taken this away? Mm. And how can I make sense of this? Mm. And I couldn't, all I knew was that I wanted to be with my baby. I wanted to hold my baby, mm. and I think I probably had lots of things I wanted to say to God, but I probably didn't say them. I was just, um, just okay. Well, that's just what happens. And
0: um, it's funny, you know, just because a death comes early on doesn't mean the grief isn't the same. Like no. it's so hard to explain that unless you've gone through it. Like people kind yeah. of dismiss miscarriage as if it's just oh you weren't that attached but it's overwhelmingly sad
1: yeah and look I don't think it's necessarily about attachment because when we come to our last Mm. one uh our fourth miscarriage that we had when we lost Lucy I found it difficult to attach Mm. because I was so scared of losing but that pain was no less Mm. and that was further on as well Mm. and I think it's not necessarily about attachment Mm. I think the reality is you know in yourself that this is life, mm. that life is in you, whether it's in there for two weeks, whether it's in there for however long, mm. that it's your baby, mm. that life is in you and now life has come away. Yeah, there's a real sense of loss. It's, a, it's an utter uh, sadness. I, yeah, I found it more than that, to be honest. I found like there's a deep void. kind of. Yeah, it's an emptiness, a hole, mm. like something, um, some it, part of you has died. Yeah, some part it, well, of it, it has, has, has. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm. That's exactly right. It's such,
0: yeah. Because I, I have had two miscarriages, and the first one was I miscarried at home, and um, the, I had the baby in the toilet, Yeah. and I took the baby out of it because I just thought, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like yeah. it's such a confronting. Yes. yeah. Moment. Yeah. And I just held the baby in my hands and just yeah. sobbed. Yeah. Just sobbed. My and I thought, how can I? I I'm, there is such a pain and a and a an emptiness, as you said. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realise how um, much it is a part of you
1: until yeah. you lose
0: that child. Yeah. Your.
1: It's yours. It's yours. It's Your, yours. and like I
0: looked. The baby was only. I think I was thirteen weeks.
1: Yeah, wow!
0: But you could see everything. You yeah, could see fingers and yes. toes. Yeah, and it's
1: fully formed.
0: Fully, absolutely fully formed, and yeah. I, that just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Anyway, it was it was very confronting, but also gut wrenching and painful. Yeah.
1: It's very graphic in yeah. that way. It's very graphic. It's traumatic,
0: and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, what do I do? that's right.
1: That's right. And and you're alone. I think yeah, often I alive. you're alone. And, and I was just shaking. Yeah. Was, what? what do
0: yeah.
1: I do? Yeah. Anyways, and there's so the there's the panic I think too of of that of what do I do? And that I, you can't save this child. Mm. You cannot do anything. It's happening and you just can't do anything. Yeah. And there's nothing that you did do. That's right. There's nothing that I that yeah. done.
0: That there was no fault by by no. any of us,
1: and I think that that in some ways is really hard to yeah. make sense of mm. because um, you know we, we we can't understand it. Mm. Um, Sorry, keep going. So so after we lost Gabriel six months later, we we fell pregnant again, and um, and you know I'm thinking, oh we're yeah, not going to miscarry this time. This mm. is this is you know we're. we're It'll be okay. I also had the feeling of, well, realizing that even if this baby comes to term, realizing that it's actually not going to take away the pain of losing our little Gabriel. Mm. And I, I think how far along were you? Uh, for the second one, we were six and a half weeks. Mm. So all of mine have been in early, mm. early trimester. Mm. Yeah. Um. So. So that happened and so we lost we lost Raphael mm. and again just all angels this, so well. yeah. <laughs> um, just confusion yeah just grief at yeah. its core this I wanna hold my baby I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna meet my baby and um, but I think it probably wasn't till we had the third one, which was uh, maybe a year after mm-hmm. we um we were pregnant and we were much further on, I think we were eight weeks, and um we lost Lucy, and that was probably the point where I like cracked it with god <laughs> you're you're entitled, <laughs> and um I just remember saying things like, how can you give and take away? There's supposed to be an intervening God. Why do you intervene with some and not others? And I just remember just being in this world of pain and just sitting in in, um, in a little space that we have at home for prayer and just I gave it to God. I swore at him the way I've never sworn mm. to any human being. I told him I hated him for this mm. and I gave, oh, man, I just, I just gave it to him. Mm. I couldn't understand you as a God doing mm. this. Mm. And when I was letting out all this abuse, I kind of had this image of Jesus on the cross and every time I'd, abused him, I just felt like he was just being, he was taking it on himself, he was just being nailed to the Mm. cross. And, but there's a part of me that goes, I know I need God to get through this. Yeah. So that was a funny thing. So I kind of put him in the doghouse. It's like, (laughs)
0: you're banished, but yeah,
1: you can come back
0: for, for dinner on Three nights
1: a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I say. Yeah. And that was it. It was yeah. when it, it was when I say. And so I'd go to prayer, kind of, just because I know I need you, Lord, but my heart was so it's closed. Like, yeah. My heart was so close. It's like, man, we have been through this three times. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Where are you, God? Where are you in this? My heart is breaking here. And so I kept him at a real distance and it was probably. It was probably about three months later that I must have been reflecting on this and I bent down to pick up something and I just had this overwhelming realisation that God was with me in that. Mm -hmm. And then I just burst into tears. It's like I was abusing him, Mm -hmm. telling him all sorts of, you know, terrible things and he was with me. And the funny thing is, is that that realisation that Jesus is with me is actually the thing that I cling on to when things don't make sense. So, you know, you can ride along in life and, oh, yeah, you know, I've kind of got life sorted or I, I know how God works, I know this, I know that, and then there's a little crisis and things, you know, you can't make sense of. Yeah. And it's like that's the one thing I know for certain. I know now for certain that Jesus was with yeah. me. It doesn't matter what happens. There's no divine promise that your life's going to be easy,
0: but there is no. the promise that he will never abandon you.
1: Yeah, and I probably had to learn that the yeah. real hard way. but We all do. Mm, <laughs> um, but it's certainly been something that I, I can cling on to. Mm. And so and you can fully. I can accept. trust. Yeah. I can actually trust that. Now. And that,
0: that's such a beautiful thing yeah. to have trust because most people are just clawing their way
1: mm. through
0: life, and you can you've got something very very tangible,
1: yeah, to hang on to yeah. now. I think and that and and then it would, I guess when it's come to the the last miscarriage which we had which was just um, in August this year. I'm sorry, I'm sorry it was so soon. No, that's okay. I, I wanted to I be able know. to speak. Um, mm. I guess, when, when things are a little bit raw too, that mm. um, it was a little bit different in that we're pregnant and, as I said, it was very hard to attach because I was, like, fearing it was not going to make it. And But anyway, uh, we this time we had an ultrasound and, and um, then they said, oh, look, we can't find a heartbeat. And so there was that initial grief of, you know, again, that, We've, we're losing another baby, mm. um, but this time it's like I don't want to turn my anger to God. I want to trust that He's with me. Mm. And so there's a few stages, I guess, to to this miscarriage. So there was the initial grief of we've lost another child. And I remember one day in prayer, I um I saw Jesus, and yeah, He's white, and He was holding. Hannah, we called this one, Hannah, in his hands. And I wasn't kind of expecting that. It just kind of came up. And it's like I knew that Hannah's in heaven. I knew that Jesus. Hannah is safe with Jesus. But I still felt traumatised by the fact that Hannah's going to go down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't resolve that in my head. So we had this two weeks of waiting to bleed. So I was given options by the hospital to either um, have a DNC to have something to bring on the um, the um, expelling, yes, maybe. something yeah. they call it yes, yes. Um, or to wait for it for my body to do it naturally. Um, and because of my pelvis, I didn't want any surgery, so yeah. I said, "Look, I wait wait for it to happen naturally." So we had this two week kind of waiting, and I just I felt traumatized. Like, I-, I can't believe my baby is going to go down the toilet, but. I spoke about this at the hospital and they were, you know, they'd never heard of that yes. before. <laughs> that, I know. oh, that's a funny thing for you to be concerned about. Mm. But they were very respectful and they said, look, we have a jar here and, and, um, and you can put your baby in this jar if you like and then bring it to the hospital. And so we went with that idea and felt really comfortable with that because then we could hold, similar to what you did, Jess. Mm-hmm. So in this two weeks of waiting to bleed, it was kind of a bit, I knew what was coming, but it was kind of, I felt like it was my body's time to hold the baby. Is it a comfort? I think in some ways it, it, it was a comfort. Um, but it kind of also, you knew what was I knew coming. it was coming and it dragged things out a little bit. And, um, but anyway, I really asked people to pray for me and, and felt a real strength in that and just tried to trust that now Jesus is actually with me in this. Hmm. And um, and then I started to bleed and that was, it was like a mini labour in that it was, you know, the, that contraction, that that the pain. Yeah,
0: it's, it's incredible. You, you don't realise the pain.
1: Yeah, the physical pain. Actual
0: phys- yeah, there's physical pain and emotional Yeah pain
1: yeah and and that was this that that my baby is now leaving me and and I'm not ready for this and I can't stop it I can't stop it I'm Mm. not ready for her to leave me Mm. and but you know it happened and um again I had a, a similar thing of having you know blood clots and um so but what I was able to do this time was um to to pick up those clots and 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 say, you know, mummy's got you, mummy's mm. got you, and and you know, put put the blood clots into um, put to her yeah her baby the baby into into this jar, and over the next few days that kept happening, mm. and um, and then I continued to bleed, and but we were able to um, Dan and I were able to hold hold our little baby in this jar and kiss the jar and Mm. pray over the jar and in some ways we were were able to say goodbye Mm. Uh, and then so
0: important for healing yeah I think because grieving over something like a lot of people there's nothing tangible to grieve over and, and they kind of second-guess their emotions, like, why am I, why am I, why am I yeah. feeling so sad? Yeah. Because there's actually something physical yeah. that you can yeah. grieve over, your child.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah, that's right. Unless Absolutely. You got
0: that, it's harder yeah. to process. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. I think the thing is that, um, and people don't know, often people don't know you're even pregnant. Mm. And so... It's a very lonely type of grief. It can be a really lonely type of grief. Mm and it's so deep mm. as well that it 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 probably makes the loneliness harder. Mm. I found the shower was a very good place. Good place for <laughs> for crying.
0: Oh yeah, so I used to go in the shower and just empty worr Dam. I didn't care <laughs> how long I was in there for. I just how. Yeah. Cuz I had to you have you, I find you have to grieve. Cuz yeah. otherwise it, it it's it sits there
1: and I think it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important because um, it's going to come out sometime.
0: Yeah, it's
1: and better to come out now. Yeah, and I mean
0: it comes out all through you know anniversaries and things like that. It flares up again, but yeah,
1: um, yeah. And I think it's, it's really um, respecting yourself and your emotions to be present to that grief mm. because it's it's as you say it's real. It's mm. very real. So I think this time um, losing little Lucy has been hard Um, and, as you say, there's always triggers. Mm. Um, I get triggered by pregnant people. I get triggered by particularly newborns because Mm. that, that for me, is one of the hardest things, Mm. not being able to meet your baby, to Mm. hold them for the first time, to love them, kiss them. And the holding is, gosh, that's really hard for me. So I find the... Often newborns are a real a real trigger. Um, after I, after our second baby,
0: I um, hemorrhage. I had to go to the hospital. It was yeah. all it was a big hoo-ha. Anyway, it was my sister in law's baby's baptism. Mm. I there is, there was no way mm. I was going. I just couldn't, mm. and people couldn't understand why. Yeah, I, said, I can't go. I couldn't. You know, it's just some. I will come and see the baby. Yep. Sooner or later, but not now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just need time. But you've got four other children. Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: No, no, absolutely not. No, it's it's a life. Mm. It's your child, and they're no longer with you. Mm. Um, so I was the same that I, I couldn't go to a few baby showers, um, and yeah. So it's, I think you've just got to trust yourself in that and know that you, you know, you will get there. Mm. Um, and the healing does take place, but I had, and this isn't the case for everybody, but it's I guess it's the physical toll of miscarriage as well. Is mm-hmm. that after um, our third one, Lucy? I so I bled for three weeks, and then I think I stopped for a week, and then so then I actually I think the other thing I want to say here is that that, and you I'm sure you would agree with me that when you bleed from miscarriage, you just know this is not a period. Yes. Yeah. There's something so different yeah. to this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's that it's that connection to life. Mm. Um, but anyway, so. Yeah,
0: you're so right. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah. I can. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it, it, it's just very different. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, so uh, as I was saying, so I bled for three weeks, stopped for a week, and then got what was, I guess, my first period after the miscarriage and then that went on for, because my body was just, all my hormones were out of whack. Mm. I bled for like two months and uh, then I you know, got restless leg syndrome where I couldn't sleep because I was anemic. And so it can just um, have. It
0: plays havoc with every every it does
1: and it goes on. Yeah. It can go on. And I think, again, there's some of the things that can make closure hard because it's, oh, I haven't still, my body's still yeah. struggling with this. My body's still trying to get back to what and normal. And burst into tears. I used to
0: just burst into tears. Yeah. yeah and people would look at, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I remember going to the gym and, um we were doing some exercise and I said, oh, I, I can't do that because I've just lost a baby. And I just
1: yeah. burst into
0: tears in front of all these people <laughs> and they're all looking at me thinking, well, you didn't look pregnant last time you were here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, my emotions were like, like up and down. Yes. Yeah. But there's there's always so many clichés with being pregnant. I don't know whether, were you sick I'm violently ill, like I'm so sick with my pregnancies. And for our second miscarriage, they thought, Oh mate, because I was so sick, mm. maybe you're having twins. Mm. So I um, went down for an ultrasound to see whether there were two heartbeats, but there was none. Yeah, so I was like, and I, I came out, I was so angry with God, like thinking I was so sick, yeah, so sick to go through all that, yeah, and then you took the And and I had to bring my head around Mm. having another baby. Like it's not, doesn't pregnancy doesn't come easy Mm. for me, nor carrying the baby, nor Mm. labour, and so it takes a lot of mind shifts for me to come around to the fact I hate being pregnant. Yeah, (laughs) I hate it. And then I thought, so I had finally just come around in my head that this, you know, Mm. this was beautiful, and I can, I can do this. Mm. So, So sick. Thinking, oh, I've twins. Still trying to get my head around that, mm-hmm. and then to be told the baby's dead, I was like so angry with God. Like, yeah. why did you put me through that? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that you you can't take the baby away now after what I've gone through. Yeah, but then you look what he went through. Mm. As you said, he you know the nails on the cross. This is he didn't say, pick up your you know. um mattress and follow me he said pick up your cross Mm. and I find that that you know these are our crosses
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and look to to be honest I I, I've never actually been able to make any sense Mm. of Well, this side um, of heaven I don't think we will no and uh perhaps some of the peace that's come in in losing Hannah in this last one is that I or the grace perhaps that I didn't try and work this out I didn't try and make why is this happening? Um, because maybe I've, I'm a bit older now and I realise I, I can't make sense. I, I can't understand this. So, so what's your relationship like with
0: God now? Is it?
1: Yeah. Um, is he in
0: the dog house or is he,
1: <laughs> is he allowed inside? <laughs> well, I can, no, he, he's allowed inside, absolutely. Um, and I know that I actually know in terms of healing, there are a couple of things that help me heal. One of them is um, talking about mm. our children. And I love to, to say, because often people say, do you have any more? And I say, oh, yeah, we have four others. So they, they're in heaven. Um, we lost them through miscarriage. And I don't say that because I want sympathy over it no. and, and I don't, but I, I like to recognise them because they exist yeah. and that's really important. Yeah really important for me um
0: do you find i know in it wouldn't be
1: in any other circle except for catholic
0: circles about uh the size of your family do you find that sometimes you're you've got to defend absolutely yourself like that kind of inverted yeah
1: <laughs> i think so there's a there's um which is totally wrong, by the way. Yes, that's which, right. It's yeah. totally wrong, but definitely there's, oh, you've only got one. Yeah, um, you know, like That if, must be a stab in the heart. Yeah, it's, it is. It is, and, yeah, it's hard to know whether you, you come back with something a bit, you know, cutting back yeah, or yeah. Do, you, do you just kind of hold your tears and walk away mm. and say, well, you don't know what. You've got you no know, idea what I've, I've, I've gone got, through. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so, look, I think that that, that can be there for sure and, and I carry that a little bit, even though I know the reality is that, you know, um, it, it's not about how many children yeah, you have. He sees everything. Yeah, and, and look, you know. Um, it's definitely not about how many children you have. <laughs> no, no, that's right. and I'm, It's not to get into heaven, is it, how no. many children you have. No. So that, that's certainly there. But I think in terms of healing, um, so speaking about them for sure, uh, we we ask um, Tim knows about his siblings. every day we on the way to school we always say Saint Gabriel, Raphael, Lucy, and Hannah pray for us. So we get them to pray for us. Especially okay, we have candles for each one of them, and hmm. on their um, well birth conception day, who I've worked out, we light their candles. Or at Christmas and then Mother's Day. How do you deal with that with your child? Like. Yeah, sure, that, that's um, a really good one. How do you one. navigate that
0: kind of
1: mm. landscape? Yeah, that was, that was, um, that what we thought would be very difficult was actually beautiful mm. because we didn't tell no. Timothy at the time, he was four when we first lost Gabriel and I, as I said, I was just so distraught and in shock and confused and emotional and, mm. um, and then Raphael was six months later. And then, again, by the time we got to the third one, and as I said, I was just in rage at God and this world of pain that I just couldn't bring myself to tell him.
0: Mm.
1: And then it just kind of came in my heart. It was coming up to Gabriel's birthday and Timothy was five. He'd just gone to school and I just really felt like I want him part of this. I want him part of. I mean, they're part of it our is, family. It is his
0: yeah. sister.
1: Yeah, and so we we just sat down and because um, he had at time to time asked, you know, well, you know, when will I have another brother or sister, and you know, mm. talk to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but we sat down with him and and we said, Tim. You know, we've got some news to share with you. I think Dan did it because I was, you know, too emotional, yeah. and <laughs> I would have been in the shower. Yeah, he would I would have been in jam. a long shower. <laughs> um, and you know what? Timothy jumped into Dan's arms Aww. with joy. He, it was just, just such a joy for him to know that he has brothers and sisters.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he started to ask questions. Why did they die? Um, how old are they? Who came first? Where am I in the order?
0: Mm, he's all the of big this Awesome.
1: Yep. All these awesome questions. And from time to time, um, he'll say he feels sad that he doesn't have a brother and sister or that they live in heaven.
0: Mm.
1: The other day, he said to me, I was a bit upset about losing Lucy, and he said, Are you, are you sad? Sorry about Hannah. He said, are you sad because of Hannah? And I said, yeah. And um, he, he said, you must be really sad because it happened to you. Mm-mm. And I went, yeah. Children have such insight. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he kind of gets it. Yeah. Um, he de- did then say that he wished that he didn't live so that he could be in heaven to meet Jesus. And I said, you break no, it. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so You're breaking my heart, <laughs> so 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 that's certainly um talking about them is one way of healing, having candles that help us um signify or something symbolize tangible. something tangible yeah. for us, and then I think. The, the the two main things really, and to get back to your original question about God, the first thing is that I know that I'm going to meet them in heaven, mm. and this earthly life is short. Like I'm 42 now, and no, it doesn't and I'm flies. Yeah, I really, you know, we Heaven's really going have to be this. Good. Heaven is going to be fantastic, and I just, and that's what kind of keeps me. I can't wait to meet them. I can't yeah. wait to jump See into my, their yeah. arms and. And just hold them and look at them and just so so that's a real sense of hope for me and and the other hope for me is that I know and I I have experienced when I can do this that God's love Jesus's love is actually greater than my pain Mm. and the few times that I've been able to Allow Jesus to come into that pain, that place of pain and fill it with his love. That's where he meets us. Has been the place, yeah. has been the times where I've felt healing. Yeah. But it's hard to do because none of us want to feel pain. No. We, we often.
0: Suffering is such a foreign concept for us.
1: We, well, we don't like, want to do it. Who no. wants to do it? Who wants to feel pain? Mm. But it's almost like we need, to, mm. for healing we kind of need to feel the pain mm-hmm. when it comes up. And but um, I'm not great at this all the time, but mm. to try and allow Jesus' love to, to, um, to come uh,
0: into I know I was space. looking
1: at the sun, it was the sunset the other day, and I just
0: thought, where the, because my kitchen overlooks the, mm, west, so I can see the sunset and where the light meets the dark is where it's just so beautiful, and yeah. where, where his light meets our pain, that's where. We find him, and that's yeah. where the beauty is in that pain. I just thought.
1: Yeah. the, just the sat duck. there at the
0: kitchen sink just crying. yeah' <laughs> pretty good at it.
1: <laughs> we might need you to help with the drought, I think, Jess. <laughs> oh, yes, just send me to Wobber or something. <laughs> but, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's what I think it says in Psalm, in Psalm 139 that um that the darkness is not dark to him; it's as light as the, mm. as the day, and and that's, I guess, what I've experienced is that that he's Jesus is with us in the incredibly hard parts of life mm. um, that we can't make sense of, that that just leave our hearts bleeding. That Jesus is with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say before we? Um, no, I, I think just if if other women out there have experienced this, I, we all grieve in, in different ways. But certainly if you're able to to speak to somebody who's shared that before, I found that that also does help in mm-hmm. healing because, like you said, it, it, it is hard for people who haven't been through a miscarriage to really comprehend the... the what it's like, the depth of pain, the rawness of, of yeah. that loss, but if you've been through that, then then there is that that sense of um, connectedness. It's always a shock too. I remember when yeah. I
0: had our second miscarriage; I was totally shocked. I am mm. thinking, why am I so shocked? I, I, it floored me.
1: Yeah, That's- absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Because it's not the trajectory we think motherhood's going to look like. Mm. You think, you know, you plan everything, you know, you've got, well, I do anyway. Oh, I'm pretty sure mm. I'm very human, like most people. Yeah. They do that. But you, in your head, once you find out you're pregnant, you look at the dates and you see, yeah. oh, what's going to, oh, I will be, you know, yes. be summer and I would have gone through Christmas. and That's right. And then when those
1: milestones happen mm. without that baby, Mm. it's devastating. Yeah. Well, I think that's how we, we get excited about things. I mm. mean, we've we've had godparents chosen, you yeah. know. I mean, that's just how you kind of... Um, yeah, you, you're buried. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that's very normal. And I, part of the grief is that. But I think the important thing to say that the grief, the deepest grief is about the loss of life. Mm. And that's not easy and that... And we don't get over that quickly. No. In fact, I met a lady and she was in her 90s and um, she said to me, oh, you know, do you have any other children? And I said, would I normally say, oh, yes, we have four others in heaven through miscarriage. And she said, oh, that was the same with me. She said, I had two miscarriages, then I had a daughter and then another two miscarriages. And I said, you don't really get over it, do you? And she said, no, no. you
0: don't. Whenever I've told people about my miscarriages, they were, oh, "Did you? I've had one too." Yeah. And then people just don't talk about them. Yeah. And just it's this grief that just sits there, mm. and it has to come out.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's it. That people, it, it's hard to speak about, and mm. for
0: because for so long, people, oh, it's just a lump of cells. It's nothing you know, yeah. it's nothing to worry about. You'll be
1: fine. Get on with your life.
0: Well, actually, it's not.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's my child. And that's right. And I think it is the, it's the hard thing to talk about because it's, especially at the time, as I said, often people don't know you're pregnant. Mm. So then you kind of come out, oh, I lost the baby, and then people don't know what to say. They don't know how to
0: deal with that. Yeah, they don't know how to
1: deal with that. But I think if you know somebody who, who has had a miscarriage then and it's helpful for you, then, you know, mm. I've found talk. some healing in terms of that. Before you go, one other question. Your husband had it like I found it um
0: the our second miscarriage he was devastated
1: mm. yeah um
0: which really shocked me,
1: yeah,
0: um, just they grieve in so many different ways,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely for sure, it's very different. I think it's different, particularly for the women, because they have all the physical. You know, we have all the the
0: yeah, we have
1: all the the changes in our body, Mm -hmm. and then of course, um, you know, when the baby comes away. I mean, your your husband might be there, but might not be, and Mm so we kind of have that um, the physical and that kind of connection. So I think it is a little bit difficult. Or harder for for the males. I know for Dan, he's. Um, it probably wasn't till the fourth, till Hannah really that he really stopped and was present to what was happening, mm. because I think his default is to make sure I'm okay and to mm. be there for me. And while this is impacting him. He's he was just wanting to support me, mm. whereas um, this time, which is really awesome, he was just able to go. You know, what, I need time myself at the moment, and he was able to to Process cry. It. Yeah. yeah, he was able to cry, and yeah, you know, he took um, Hannah to the hospital, so he was able to hold. He wanted mm. to do that himself. He said, "This is just my time with our little one," and um, so that that was something special for him. Mm. So I think they're definitely affected, mm. and but they they do it differently. Mm. It, it comes out differently. Um, whether they get busy, I think Dan would probably yeah. also do that for me. Like part of his grief might be, okay, Kate's um, you know struggling. She's emotional at the moment. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to wash up, mm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this so that she doesn't have to do it. She can, you know. Um, have a break so that that can also be a part of grief that that busyness can yeah. be part of grief
0: yeah.
1: Um, so yeah I certainly believe that um, the men feel it as much just mm-hmm. expressed in a different way
0: wow great thank you so much for being so honest you're welcome and raw and vulnerable <laughs> because I think it helps a lot of women I hope so, so. thank you very
1: much It's a pleasure, and you Jess. have five beautiful souls. Thank you. Yes, can't <laughs> wait for heaven. It's going to be gonna a party. Be Yeah, It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> so before you go, Kate, yes. not over yet, you have to tell us something that brought you joy this week.
1: Well, I celebrate uh, my birthday yesterday. Oh, which happy was, birthday. Thank you, All Saints Day. So I get to celebrate my birthday with our little saints in heaven. You do. And so that was, it was really nice, that realization that yeah, I'm celebrating my birthday with them and, and birthday's just a lovely time to hear from people and, yeah. and that's certainly feel happened. Feel loved. Yeah, that's right, feel loved. And how about you,
0: Jess? Uh, well, mine's uh, to music. Um, it's not as deep as yours. <laughs> but I stumbled across, well, a friend sent me um, an email the other day saying, listen to these guys and they're um, Franciscan Fries of the Renewal and yeah, they have yep. a new CD out called Poco Poco. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in the show notes, but the music is really awesome and I think your teenagers might just like it. Right. So oh,
1: it's worth a try. Yeah,
0: very kind of John Mayer-esque, pretty funky. Uh, give it give it a listen. Yeah. It's really
1: good. Yeah, that's great. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's the other thing too, Jess, I would say, music sometimes helps oh, help yeah. me pray. So when I couldn't have words, putting yeah. on Christian music that were kind of singing out what I couldn't say yeah. really helped me too. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: music has a profound effect on when words aren't enough or yeah. words can't be formed, music yeah. is so inspiring.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah and
0: inspiring. I, I've, I've only just stumbled across music, okay. worship music, in the last 12 months. Yeah, like right. not stumbled yeah. across it but decided actually I'll give it a go. Yeah, and okay. I, I love it. Yeah, there's lots out there, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: It's
0: a whole new world for me. Yeah, great. Anyway,
1: thanks, Kate. Okay, thanks, Jess. See you. See you.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you did, share it with a friend or someone who you know that would love to hear that.